Um, it's a quarter class, and teacher being a good teacher, it will be here today and Wednesday, then I'll be gone for two weeks. <laughs> the timing's terrible, but it's, it's just something we do every October, have no choice, but the beauty part of it is John Banks is going to take over for the two weeks that I'm here, and he's going to go back the first 12 chapters of 1 Corinthians and describe how we get here to 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, to kind of fill in some blanks. So that will still work out just fine. appreciate John doing that. And then we will um, uh, we'll catch up. It's not a problem. But it's a really, really good class. The teacher, teaching's a little weak, but the material's very good. I uh, worked on this for months and months and months. So um, um, feel free to, um, to, to read ahead. And because I'm not just going to read it to you. That's not the purpose of the class. Uh, you, you'll, you can study outside the class, and then we'll hit some of the high points. And this obviously is a participation class, uh, and, I, and I hope you'll do that. Um, as a teacher, I also have the responsibility to, if we get to running rabbits too far, I'll bring you back. Nothing personal. Uh, but I do want do want participation. Uh, another thing, I guess we're being recorded now, and um, we're going to uh, uh, Brian's going to record it. He says every year we have people who are on the outside who request videos of our class classes. So we're going to do that now. If we get to a class, and Brian and I have talked about this where maybe it's a little bit more soul-searching than normal, and maybe, you know, we, we may be burying our souls, so to speak, on a few things, and we don't want that uh, out, then I'll tell him, and that won't go out. So <clears throat> don't let that hinder you. With me on that? Okay, good. Um, it will be a Wednesday night class as well. Not everybody makes it on Wednesday night for lots of reasons, um, but even Wednesday night will be even more of a discussion kind of a class. Uh, you know, what do you mean by that, or what, what does that mean here in this, and we'll go back and we'll talk about those things. So it is going to be a Wednesday and a Sunday class. If you can only come on Sunday, that's not the end of the world. You, you got your book, you can see where we left off, and we'll try to do a, a, a chapter uh, per week. We'll try to do that. There'll be some weeks where it may, uh, we might even squeeze in a part of another one. And there'll be other lessons where we'll need a week and a half. And that's okay. That's okay. We, we, we'll finish. Uh, uh, we'll finish the material. So hopefully you'll hang on to this. I would like to tell you this is all 100% uh, from me. No, it's not. Uh, I've read lots of books and lots of things to come up, and I just, I'm the compiler, if, if you will. You, you know the definition of original, originality? It's material you forgot where you got it. So that being the case, it's all original. Not really. Okay. So, but participate. Uh, it, 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 it's very important. You see the cover sheet there. I've got it broken down into uh, 11 
Uh, I first had 13. I, I did a little uh, compiling. I think we can do it in 11 weeks. And then with John and his two weeks, it should balance out nicely for about 13 weeks. Um, so that, that's what that's that's what we'll do. Uh, any questions before we before we get going? Yeah. Uh, I do. Everybody else has one. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we started early. That's okay, too. <clears throat> Over in the material there, I'm going to do a little test before we get started. The teacher. I was I impersonated a teacher for about 10 years. There are real teachers in here. I was an impersonator. But um, did learn a few things along the way. Going to have a little test here in just a minute. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, I've got <clears throat> verses 4 through 8 right here in green for you. That's going to be our focus. But I do want to, uh, I want to, in fact, I'm going to ask somebody who has a nice strong voice uh, to read um, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through um, 8. 1 through 8. Anybody like to do that? But read loudly. Okay, read loudly, sir. Thank you. If I, if I spoke with the tongue of men and spoke of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophesy and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove bounds but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous, love does not brag, and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecoming, it, it does not seek its own, it, it is not provoked, it does not take into account a wrong sufferer, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. When, when you read the first four or five verses there, how important is love? It says you can even have, burn your body for me. That you can, you can uh, give your money to the poor. You can do uh, all of these things. But if you don't have love, what did it, what did it gain? You. Nothing. Now, this is the standard. This is the gold standard. Now I want you to do this. And I think it may show our weaknesses. And that's okay, that's why we're here. Um, on this green sheet, it might be a little bit easier. Page two. Pa uh, page two, thank you. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, Brodick and Beth put all these together for me, and I'm so happy for that. Um, instead of the word love, we're all going to kind of do it out loud a little bit. Put your name. In other words, Mitch is patient. Okay, he starts lying right there. 
So see how far you can get. I'm going to listen real closely. So Scott will say, Scott is, Peyton, all of that. All right, so let's start. That's how far I got. <laughs> Before we start lying. I mean, let's face it. In this world, there are people that have the warmth of a porcupine. There are. What are we supposed to do to those people? That's what it says, isn't it? Is that easy? No, it's not. No, it's not. All right, now let's do this. Where we see the word love and where your name was and where my name was, let's, let's, let's say Jesus. Jesus is patient. <coughs> Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not parade himself. Jesus is not puffed up. Jesus does not behave rudely. Jesus does not seek his own. Jesus is not provoked. Jesus thinks no evil. Jesus does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Jesus loves all things, bears all things. Jesus believes all things. Jesus hopes all things. Jesus endures all things. Jesus never fails. You see the difference. And, and that's why this, this material has been difficult in a way for me because I see the point. I, it's a major, major point. But it, it, it's areas that we all have work to do in. So hopefully, hopefully, after 13 weeks, we'll be better. We'll be better. Hopefully that, that'll be the case. All right, turn to page three. <clears throat> there, there are four words in Greek. Uh, for the word love, how many words do we have for love in English? It's not a super rich language. It's not. <laughs> Greek is. It's extremely rich language. You know, the, the Greeks were well, well known for their knowledge and their polemics and their, their uh, uh, the abilities to debate and to research and all these things and science and what have you. You know, Archimedes, you know, all that. Greek is a very rich language. We say love and we... we Love can mean a family love. And, and we, we can use it. We have to know the context. Love can mean, in English, brotherly love. Love can mean erotic love. Love can mean agape love. In the Greek, there were four words for love. Now, only two of those are used in the Bible, which is kind of interesting. But in the original Greek, and <clears throat> these were written during those times, do you think the Apostle Paul ever heard those four words? Sure he did. Did Jesus understand those four words? He certainly did. He certainly did. But just, just so you know, <clears throat> the Greek word storge, storge, I'm, I'm quite the Greek scholar. Oh, <laughs> kidding. Storge means family love or familial love. Um, an affection. Uh, storge, you have an affection for for your children, for your parents, and that kind of thing. Uh, they would use the word storge. That's not in the Bible, in the New Testament. There was one called Phileo, Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. 
But the interesting thing, now that is in the Bible. That's in the New Testament. <clears throat> Phileo. It's interesting that brotherly love in the original, um, it's not commanded that we phileo everybody. That's interesting. It's not. The family phileo means that we share a common bond. You, you may have a phileo relationship with people you work with. Why? You have a common bond. We have a common bond with Christians. We have a brotherly love. With me? But the Lord never commanded us that we phileo everybody. Because we don't do we have a do we have a common bond with the world? We live in it, yes. We work in it. That, that's true. All those things are true. We, we, we have neighbors, but we don't have share that phileo love that we have with each other as Christians. You see, you see the difference. Phileo. That's in there. Eros, we see the word there, right? Erotic, eros. Uh, the Greeks understood that. A sexual kind of love. That's not in the New Testament. But Paul understood that word. He had heard the word. You think he understood that when he was on Mars Hill in Acts 17 in Greece? Where they were all in for all of that. And then the last one is agape love. Agape love is a self-sacrificing God kind of love. And how did he demonstrate the ultimate in agape love? The ultimate. His life. His, his son's life. Agape. Now in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, only agape is used. Phileo's not there. The other two aren't anywhere. But it's only agape love. So when he says, all, it's, it's talking about the ultimate example being Christ, a self-sacrificing, caring, <clears throat> love because everyone's soul is valuable. Are we lovely people? Are we lovable people sometimes? Sometimes. So, <laughs> I like the way Teresa thinks. Sometimes we are. Are we always? No. We're not. Got to be honest and fair about it. We are not. Christ loved us anyway. Not loved us. Loves us anyway. Agape love. Questions or comments on that? So far. So, phileo and agape only in the New Testament. Only agape here. That's that self-sacrificing putting others first before you. You know, the Bible, the, I didn't write it, I've got it here somewhere, but uh, the, the Lord said that, that, that Jesus emptied Himself. He emptied Himself of, of being at God's right hand, His deity to come here to put up with you and me. And to give his life for that. So when we read now these qualities that we're talking about, and we talk about here, those are the those are the qualities that Jesus has, and that he had then, and that unfortunately many of us don't have, at least to the degree we need. I think everybody agrees with that, right? So far, it's interesting. I like C.S. Lewis. C. 
C.S. Lewis, I got his quote here. I want to read that quote. says, talk about agape love now. It is a love that enables man to love what is not naturally lovable. Lepers, criminals, enemies, morons, the sulky, the superior, and the sneering. That's agape love. Is it easy? God never said Christianity is going to be easy. He just said it's worth it. It's worth it. But it's not easy. Well, it certainly wasn't easy for Jesus. Wasn't, wasn't easy hanging on a cross, it was sure it? sure wasn't. And beaten, spit on, beaten. That, that's a, good, that's a good, good observation. Now, this Corinthian church that, that after Wednesday, starting next Sunday... That, that uh, John's going to bring up, he's, he's going to go back and talk about, was the Corinthian church a mess? Yes. Oh my goodness. It was an absolute mess. And did they have all of these miraculous gifts at the time? They did. Now, it was temporary till, till, till all of the, the, the New Testament was written, was written down uh, in, in written form, but they had all of these gifts. In fact, it talks about love not being prideful. Did they have a lot of pride? They did. They said, well, someday you'll be able to speak in tongues like me. Because that seemed to be the most obvious. So they were real high on, 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 on tongues. So it was a very carnal church. There's not a church written about At least I can't find it. Written in, uh, that the Lord wrote about uh, in first, uh, other than the Corinthian church being the most carnal, liberal, out of control church. And John will go over those, some of those things. And I, the last thing I put there, it's about character, not charisma. So hopefully, we, as we get out of this, our character hopefully will be better than, it, uh, than it's ever been. Um, and then, <clears throat> look on, on page 4, and then I want to get to page 5, because I've got to get page 5 in before, the, before we, we finish. But I want to touch on page 4. And I've got it highlighted in yellow here. You can mark yours up, it's yours. In the final analysis, when all said and done, men, women, men are free to love God, or they're free to despise God. Do they have that choice? We're not puppets on a string. Jump, bitch, jump, jump. God could have done that. But he wouldn't have known, known, known whether we were serious or not. He didn't. He says, you can love me or you can leave me. One of the two. And it's your responsibility. And I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to force you. Now, someone turn to Revelation 22, verses 10 through 11. I'm going to ask you to read that in just a second. But notice this. Now, I got this quote, I believe, from Max Lucado, I believe. Anyway, it was one of those guys. Now, listen carefully, and I'm going to ask somebody to read this. When Jesus comes back at the end, men will go on, will go right on being in character with what they have chosen to be. Now, uh, what? Now, somebody read Revelation 22, 10, and 11. You have it, Jason? I do. 10, 11, you said? Yeah. 
And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy. And let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness, and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. In the end, if you've lived your life, I've lived my life, to be evil, to be of the world, he's going to say, your wish is granted. I have a place for people like that. Your wish is granted. It's called hell. If you live a righteous life or a holy life, then I have a place for you. But you, you can't make it to the end living for yourself and then expect to go to heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus knew that. He said, fine. You're, 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 you're filthy in this, in this world. Stay filthy. Because you're going where the filthy people are. That's what he says. Most people don't, do they? Unfortunately. Now someone turned uh, to, to um, Revelation 2, 2 through 4. Now listen real carefully to this one. The church at Ephesus, we go back and we read the book that Paul wrote to Ephesus. is a wonderful church. Wonderful church. It's a pretty good church 20 years later. But now listen to what he says. Revelation 2. John, you got that? 2 through 4. Listen closely. I know your works and your labor, patient endurance, and that you are not able to tolerate evil and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you found them to be false. And you have patient endurance, and have endured many things because of my name, and have not become weary. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Listen to all the good things Jesus said about the church at Ephesus. Most churches can't even measure to that standard. At least a lot. What was their problem? They left their first love. They were going through the motions. They were doing all these things. I'm here every Sunday. I do this and I do this. But I'm not loving my brethren and the Lord the way that I should. Got distracted. Can we get distracted in this world? Oh my. We sure can. And not only can, do. We do, at times. All right, now, I want, I want, this is the, the rest of this class. Oh, that's all good. The rest of this class, we're going to hear this term, the 747 principle. I've got it in every chapter. And I, we, we, I want to make sure that we leave here at least today with that idea. Now, Luke 747. That's how I remember things. I, 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 I have to tie it into something that jogs my memory. The, the 747, my favorite civilian aircraft. Wide wings, wide, remember that? Wide, long wings, roomy, safe. Okay, 
747. So you know, where was that again? Oh, Luke 747. So we're going to hit that every class, so let's remember that. Now, I want to back up from Luke 747, and I don't know if we'll have... To, what, what time actually does it take? i got 20 minutes. I, th I think I may... I may be able to make this. No, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for me. Maybe even today. Read Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 36. No, we're going to read it. It's important. We're going to read it. Uh, Chad, can you read Luke 7, 36 through 47? As, you know, fairly loudly. And everybody listen closely and follow along because this is... This is Pivotal, pivotal to this class. 247? 247? Through 47. Yes. One of the Pharisees asked to him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who has touched him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and another 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. When you get home, highlight that last part of verse 47. But to, but to whom little is forgiven, loves little. Now, Jesus was invited to dinner. Jesus was a very social being. He went to weddings. He went to dinners. He was out and about. He didn't live in a cave dressed in black. He, he was... He was, he was uh, you remember he even said one time... You condemn John the Baptist. He didn't eat, he didn't drink, he didn't do these things. I come doing those things, and you condemned him and you condemned me. So Jesus was out and about. Now there were two people here. There was Simon the Pharisee. Now, what kind of attitudes did Pharisees generally have? Humble? Holier than you. Very much. Better than you. Holier than you. And evidently, what was this lady's probably profession? Well, it certainly appears to be a, a streetwalker or a prostitute. The implication is very strong. That's what she was. Now, was she invited to this dinner? No. No. 
He gave the party. She crashed the party. He was a church leader. She was a streetwalker. He promotes promoted standards. What did she do to the standards? She broke the standards. He hosted the party. She crashed the party. He was upper crust. She was what? A lower class. A low, a low life, if you will. She gets in. Now you can imagine what Simon... His, he was aghast. What's this woman doing here? You, you can imagine that some servants got called on the carpet. How did this woman get in here? And... Now notice Simon, it's a little side note. This man, if he were a prophet, would know what kind of woman she is. What's the lesson here I got for us? Be careful what you think. He didn't say it. He thought it. If you don't want Jesus to know, to, uh, to think, don't think thoughts that you don't want Jesus to know. He's going to learn that here in a minute. That's a lesson for you and me. Now, these things said, uh, um, Simon, let me ask you a question. And uh, Simon says, okay, go ahead, sir. I had, man had two servants. One, owed, he owed 500 days work. What, about 300 days in a year we work or something like that? Times two. So it was almost two years worth of work. He was in debt. And let's say you made, I don't know, $300 a day. be $60,000 a year. So he, it could be anywhere from $100,000 to $200,000 to $300,000. He owed him. And another man owed him 50 days' work. Ten times less. And he asked the question. He could read his mind. He said, let me ask you a question. Simon, you're, you seem to be a bright fellow. Uh, who loved the master the most? And what did Simon say? Kind of nod committal a little bit. He, well, you know, I suppose, you can almost see him. I suppose the one that owed him the most. What did Jesus say? You got it right. You got it right, sir. And he said, Simon, see this woman? She's on the floor. You didn't give me any water. To wash my feet. How might we bring that to the 21st century? We don't wash each other's feet. I guess we, theoretically we could. But, you know, we sandals and all that. Uh, could I take your coat, sir? Offer you a glass of water. Could, could I get you a glass of water? I know you've been on the road for a while. We might say those kind of things. He said, you didn't do that. Um, we shake hands. We might even give a hug. Peck on the cheek, you know, if you know I'm good enough. You didn't do that. This woman, um, she's, kissed, she's kissed my feet since I walked in. You didn't do anything for me, sir. Uh, she's anointed my head with oil. Why would you need oil in Arizona or in the Mideast? It's a little dry. It's a little dry. You, where's my oil, Simon? You didn't do that. Um, she's washed my feet with her tears. And does she have a towel? What she, what she, how she dries feet? With her hair. 
you didn't give me a kiss. She's kissed my feet. You, she anointed my feet with fragrant oil. How many worldly possessions do you think she had if she was a prostitute? Not very much. I'd say the oil. I'd say the oil. That's all she's got. And it was costly. Oils in that time were very costly. She came for him, not them. You see the point there? And she was willing to crush the party to get to him. And we're not even willing to come to church sometimes. What's well, inconvenient? <laughs> we won't be inconvenient. <laughs> or we need to sleep late. <laughs> and she was washing his feet. And you know, I think dirty feet are very disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, do you agree with that? Oh. <laughs> Story's hard. That's her thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, now, why do you think, now we don't know, the Bible doesn't say this, but we can fill in some gaps here, I think, pretty, pretty good. Why did she come to Jesus? She'd heard about him. Ah, she'd heard about him. Could she have heard his lessons on the street? She could have. I would say she probably did. Could she have seen him raise the dead? Could she have seen him heal the blind? Not only could she, I suspect she did. So she knew this was a special man. Anybody ever had a guilty conscience? Rhetorical question. Yeah. We all have. We all have. She had no doubt a guilty conscience. What about Simon? How was his conscience? He's good. He's fine. He cool. As they say today, didn't bother him. Didn't bother him. Arrogant. Who had the most education? Oh, Simon. Who had the most training? Oh, that'd be Simon. Who had the most money by far? Simon. What does she cherish? That Simon does not. The Lord, his mercy, and his love. Now here's the 747 principle. Oh, before I get to that, number five there. Jesus said, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are what? Many. He didn't deny that she was a sinner. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Why? Because she loved much. She agapeed, that's the word, much. Could Simon have been forgiven? Well, why was it? He didn't ask. He didn't ask. Simon didn't ask. <clears throat> he didn't need it. So, look at the last phrase of verse 47, or the sentence actually. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Simon didn't see that he needed forgiveness. So therefore, did he have a problem forgiving? He did. He did. She knows she was forgiven a lot. 
and it appears she loved a lot. So here, here's, and we're going to talk about this, every quality. We're going to start with patience and kindness. We're going to go through all those things. Sometimes <clears throat> the reason we're not patient with people, like we should, because we don't understand how patient he's been with me and you. Make sense? We demand patience from other people. We don't do it. We demand kindness from other people. We're not much on giving sometimes. The 747 principle, remember the plane, Luke 747. Wide wings. Jesus' love is wide. Jesus' love is comfortable. Jesus' love is safe, just like the plane. So if that helps you remember it, Luke 747, the 747 airplane that went out of service this year, by the way. Flown on many times going overseas. So, the 747 principle. Now, after every class, I'm going to say, in the context of whatever word we're looking at, I'll say, well, Lisa, in the context of this word, tell, me the, tell us the 747 principle and how it applies to us. Now, we're going to make a lot of application. I know today is not so much, me yapping around, but um, we're, going to, we're going to talk about this, and we're going to get practical the best we can. We're going to get practical. And there's going to be some times where some of us may shed a tear or two. That's okay, too. Okay. Everybody good on the 747 principle? Luke 747. He who loves, he who is forgiven little, loves little. What's the inverse of that? He who is forgiven a lot. Now, who would that be? That'd be all of us, wouldn't it? Loves a lot. I think she probably, when the context didn't even ask forgiveness, she didn't feel like she was qualified to be forgiven. She just loved it. That's a very good point. She wasn't calculating, was she? No, she was Simon calculating? Simon was, she wasn't. She didn't come for anything except to love Jesus. I love that point. It's not in any of my notes. <laughs> so that's very good. I had well, not... you can forget where it came from no, and put it in your notes. It's original. <laughs> it's original. <laughs> it's original. I'm going to put that in there. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, notice, people like Simon don't need grace. They analyze it. And that ties into what you were saying. She didn't analyze it. She just know, knew that. My, have you ever been to the point where your life seemingly is, I can't do this anymore. My life is at, almost at a dead end where I can't keep this up. Drinking, drug, you know, whatever your, your vices happen to be. I can't, I, I, I'm, at my, I'm at my wit's end. You got Jesus. Just like she did. So, Simon, they don't request mercy. They debate it. And prorate it. That's what Simon does. And the people, you don't debate it. You accept it like, like she did. She drank up God's grace. 
Jesus' grace. Simon didn't know he was thirsty. See the difference? And then 747 says, we can't give what we've never received. We can't give what we've never received. Now I want to close with Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. And whoever, uh, whoever can get there can read that. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. I mean, I've, I've got it there, sort of. It may be from a different version of what you've got. But uh, ladies, you can read too. doesn't matter. Go ahead, Giovanni. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see our example. Be imitators. The word there in the original Greek, we transliterated that word to mimic. Mimic. He says, you mimic Christ's love. The Greeks would, not, would see that word and they'd understand what that meant 2,000 years later. It's the same word. Mimic. Mimic God. Therefore, as dearly loved children. Now, children... Give me some. What do fathers and mothers do for their children? Do they nurse them when they're little? Do they care for them? Do they sacrifice for them? He says you be like that. Because that's how God and Jesus is with you. The 747 principle. And live a life of love. Why? Notice the next phrase. Just as Christ loved us. What are we to do with the assignment? I'll open it up. That's a good question. The question was, now hopefully 13 weeks from now we'll be able to do a little better with that, Gary. But what? how do we handle the Simons of the world? Well, how do we handle them? Not what, what should we? How do we sometimes? Yes, sir. We, uh, we show love, we role model, and we pray for them. We should. Do we always do that? We don't. You know we don't. We should. And what you said is 100% correct. We should. I think the most important thing that comes to me is that Simon, his point of view, everything is extrinsic. Everything is looking out at others. There's no interest. He's not looking within at all. And this, it's, it's everybody else and how they see him. And, right. You know, and, you know, the outward and and what he can see of everybody. He's not looking at the woman's heart and why would she be doing that. He's not looking inward to himself and why he's doing what he's doing. He looked good. He smelled good. He was dressed well. And he loved the praise of men. What did Jesus say about that? Enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it because that's all you're getting. That's it for you. That's all you're going to get. I, I will close with this one. I looked up the word sacrifice in the a Greek. And we're talking about what Ephesians, Paul didn't say that word. It's certainly there. <clears throat> the word sacrifice in the original language means to make to go up and smoke. Think about that. Jesus' sacrifice in the original language 
Now, what, what, what does that imply? Not only imply strongly, imply his life went up in smoke. He gave it all. He died for that. But the colorful language, we know what sacrifice means in our language. In the Greek, it meant your life, his life went up in smoke for you. Now, if that's true, it is true. What is that? What is that? Was that again? Help me out. I forgot what the 747 principle was again. And that's right. What does that mean in, in, in our language and in, in everyday words? And we'll stop. Don't we have to understand what he's done for us in all these words in order for us to be able to do the same for others? Until we get it, we're going to have trouble with the people that are not warm toward us. We're going to have trouble with the people who press our buttons. We're going to have trouble all these things until we get the 747 principle. I don't have it as much as I should. I don't. And based on the how you all read 1 Corinthians 13, you don't need it. Just a matter of degree. Okay. Questions, comments before we stop? We'll meet again Wednesday night. We'll start there. We'll go through page 7. We'll review. I'm a big reviewer. Three R's of learning. Repetition, repetition, repetition. That's it. That's the three R's. We'll do this again Wednesday night. Next Sunday, John, for two weeks. And then if you want to go ahead, you can. <clears throat> and two weeks after that, we'll go to Love is Patient. I was hoping I could be absent on that one. <laughs> really? I'm serious. I'm serious. But we'll, 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 we'll get it. And thank John for doing that. And then with John's out or whatever, Alan's going to fill in for, for you, John. And Okay? All right. Thank you so much for coming. Don't forget your books, booklets. <laughs>